Hey everyone, welcome back to the M&M Hockey Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Alex Metzger, along with me is my co-host, Chase McCallum. Uh, today is obviously going to be a recap of the trade deadline and everything that happened. Oh, I don't even have the extensions down either. Yeah, uh, we have uh, we have about almost 30 things to talk about, not quite, so it'll be a very busy day, so let's just get right into it. Uh, I'm going to start with non-trade deadline stuff really quick. David Aries <laughs> of the... the Maintenance worker slash Samboni driver for the Toronto Maple Leafs had to come in relief. Uh, I don't even have much to say about this other than it was hilarious and I found it hilarious. Yeah, I found it hilarious too. We were drinking while watching it. I can imagine if you were a Leafs fan and you were just like committing your Saturday night to watching this that it would have been incredibly infuriating if like you had nothing else going on. You're like, I want to watch my favorite team play some good hockey on a Saturday night. Like, I understand why everybody was so freaking upset oh, yeah. online. Um, maybe this is just a conversation for, you know, a week from now when we don't have as much to talk about, I would assume. Um, I just want to point out, like, he's been on, like, the Colbert show now this week. And, like, yeah, he's, he's, been, he's been on the late night shows and stuff like that all over television. He's had dozens and dozens of interviews. So uh, I think the funniest thing about it is that the league immediately goes, no, we have to change how this worked. I hated that. So it, it's much. like this has been the biggest thing in your league since Gritty. And the the uh, the Canes shirts they were donating. I guess he had like a kidney removed. Yeah, he he had a kidney transplant like ten years ago from his mother. Yeah, so then they were donating money to that. Like these are unquestionably the best stories in the league. Every time yeah. they happen, the fact that the NHL thinks they're a problem is really concerning to me. Yeah, and like I get it. It's like. You don't want the emergency backup to, you know, like if Carolina would have lost that game, we wouldn't be talking about how funny of a story this is and how great of a story it'd be. It'd be, does Carolina have the right to protest about a team employee for the other team playing in net for them? Which, like, it would be hard to say they don't have a point there. Yeah, like, I I think, like, I don't know. It's, uh, there's no good solution to that or easy solution. Like, it's tough to have just a neutral employee sitting at every game. Exactly. And, like, the problem is... It's basically up to David Aries or whoever is in that's integrity. And I guess that's just kind of a moral question of how much faith you have in people's integrity. Yes, so uh, I don't know. I just want to bring that up real quick. I think maybe that'll be something to talk about a later week. But uh, unsurprisingly, Leafs Twitter went to an absolute chaos meltdown for about three days after that or two days. We've said uh, they should be more calm. This one, I was like, you've got to be kidding. Like, this was the biggest joke I've seen. I mean, like, it is absolutely embarrassing to lose to a team. But my word, like... And not even just, like, like you know, the stupid accounts on Leafs Twitter are going to be saying dumb stuff. But it was just, like, like people that I was... Like, the SDP had a full episode about how they, quote, have to trade one of the big four in the summer. Yeah, I'm really excited for the Toronto... An entire summer of how the Leafs have to trade one of the big four. Meanwhile, the Tampa Bay Lightning win the cup after knocking off the Hurricanes and Washington Capitals on the way there. Yeah, like, it's just... Oh my God. It's one of those things where... I don't even know what to say. Like, it's it's not shocking, I guess, that they went into a meltdown. And like, there is, I think, something to be said about a team that can't get uh, motivate themselves to get more than nine shots in thirty minutes. Yeah, this meltdown, I wouldn't take it as far as saying trade Matthews or whatever, but like, I completely it's, understand. There is this definitely, one. yeah, there is definitely something wrong with a team that can't motivate themselves. That it's in a dead heat of a playoff race, you're being gifted two free points, yeah. and you can't. I get that Carolina played a great defensive game. You should be throwing everything on net because it's a 42 year old. Yeah, the favorite I saw David Aries low danger save percentage in the NHL doesn't exist because they didn't try a singular just like. Yeah, shot from out to see what you would happen. You should just be ripping him. them. Like I, I don't like. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have much to say about that. I, but the demands were that they wanted Tyson Berry gone and all that stuff. Berry didn't get end up being moved because the return for him would have been about a third and a B level prospect. Which at that point, fair. I don't. I don't really see why you can justify trading Barry. It just wouldn't make logical sense. Like, you could justify it, but I don't think I it's... Don't, I don't know if you could justify it at this point. Like, well, you justify it by saying they're not... They're the third best team in their division, the fifth best team in their conference. I guess, but how far are you going to punt? Because I don't see that like changing drastically over the next year or two. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't sell them, but... but it like, wouldn't have been like the worst thing if they did, but I, I like know, the I think... fact that they kept them, especially since... We no way Dubas could have known this, but Muzzin gets hurt. Yeah. Now he's the only 
I guess Dermott too. Him and Dermott are the only two real like NHL defensemen on the team right now. Yeah, I mean or guys with experience. You have Hole and then Sandine and Lilligren that are probably going to get some playing time now too. They traded for Callie Rosen for Michael Hutchinson. Um, that was a a trade, I guess. I don't. Colorado wants some goaltending depth. I don't know if Apparently, Hutchinson's really depth. Rosen but. specifically asked to go back to Toronto. Oh, so really? This was like a huge. Yeah. Help me out for him. Well, it doesn't shock me. They're the one who got his career going, and they, they brought him over, got him all situated and everything like that, you know. So. And he seemed to be doing well with the Marlies, so yeah. now he gets to be Keefe's probably seventh defenseman in the NHL, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, they signed Jake Muzzin. They didn't do anything over the, um, really, they didn't do much other than some minor moves over the trade deadline, because again, I think Clifford and uh, Campbell was their big move that they tried to make, much like the Muzzin one last year. They made a couple weeks ahead of time. Yeah. Uh, but they did sign Jake Muzzin to a four-year extension at an average cap hit of $5.625 million. I know when we talked about this two weeks ago, we had both kind of mentioned it's going to be a risky deal no matter what, but uh, if they go anything over four years, it'll be a bad deal. I think this is reasonable. Yeah, you can definitely see why they did it. I'm not entirely sure if I would have signed it, but based on the way they structured the deal, I'm a lot higher on it than I was originally. I think it's less than he would have got term and price-wise on the open market, so Agreed. I think it's pretty clear Muzzin took a discount to come back here, or at least a little bit. And they can expose him in the uh, expansion draft. Yeah, and it, he's one of those guys where maybe he does get taken in the expansion draft. I don't like. You could definitely see him being like a flurry kind yeah, of player. Yeah, exactly. Where, like, look... We have no room for this guy anymore. He can still hang in the NHL. We think, obviously, you have interest in him. Now, he does have a no-trade clause for 21-22, but still. uh, Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. He plays a game where it's like he could fall off at any point, which is a bit scary. He's already 31. Um, but again, it was kind of the same thing I said two weeks ago, is you're screwed if you do, you're screwed if you don't. Exactly. Because uh, as much as we just talked about punting this year, again, I don't really see them suddenly becoming the best team in their division with how Tampa's stacking up for the next year. And we'll get to that their trades in a bit. But, you know, Boston, even if some of their guys start to take a step back, they're going to be close enough to Toronto where it's like, Toronto just won't be the undisputed number one over the next two years, but you have to think about going for it, right? Yeah, well, the when they first drafted like Matthews and all them, the path to being the best team in your division seemed a lot easier than it has been since. Yeah, because Boston, when when Matthews got drafted, Boston was on a downswing. They missed the playoffs. They had a yeah. disastrous 2015 draft. And then they picked that right back up in 2016-17, found Pasternak, found McAvoy, exactly. guys like that. And then suddenly they just turned themselves right back into a contender again. Now, if you're trading futures or whatever, I would way rather have the Leafs season point total in two years or whatever than Boston, but Tampa doesn't look like they're going anywhere, which is a big problem. Yeah, exactly. And, like, even on the other side, like the Metro, you know, you would assume eventually Washington or Pittsburgh will take a step back. But I think both of them have to be bad eventually. But, like, when is that going yeah, to be? Because when you have, especially Pittsburgh, when you have two of the best players on the planet— Regression doesn't happen as well. And it's even same with, you know, when you have the best goal scorer on the planet uh, and, you know, you have guys like Backstrom, and I, I know the Backstrom contract's pretty rich, but he's still a very solid player because Netsov is very good. You know, this, and they have some, they got guys like McMichael in their system as well, who's a solid prospect. Yeah. You know, the step back might not be as meaty as people think, and even if it is, you know, like Philly, the Rangers, and we'll the get to Hurricanes. the Rangers in a second. The Hurricanes are look really poised to take a step forward eventually. Like into the, uh, by the step forward, team. I mean, yeah, to the team where it's like, you know, they're going to be perennial looking for the division lead. but and, and that'll be a few years down the road, I think. But that's the problem. Not the, well, I mean a problem for the Leafs, but a bit of a it's problem. also expected. Like, you know, no team, you shouldn't expect to just be the best team or two all the time, right? Like, no, you shouldn't just walk into that. No, so... Um, yeah, I don't know. For Toronto, I think it's a fine extension. I, I think it's Muzzin is probably, unless he just falls off a cliff by the end of his contract, he's a guy you could probably move if you needed to anyways by the end of the deal. Yeah, uh, I think this is one of those deals that's going to have a lot of revisionist history. Like, by year four, if they trade a second-round pick to dump him or whatever, everybody's going to be like, I can't believe this idiot signed it. Yeah. But, like, at the at the time, it seems fair. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I thought it was a fine deal. The age is just what... Worries me a little bit, and Muzzin got hurt uh, last night by blocking shot. Now that's just unlucky, but yeah, there's you know, no the, way either party. No, but the the part. style he plays will lead himself to injuries. I think a little more often, but yeah. again, like not talking about last night. I'm talking about more of what's happened earlier in the year because he's missed some time too. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's 
a fine deal. I, I don't I just don't have much more to say about that. I think it's fair. Yeah, I agree. And the, one nice thing, so like Matthews and Marner and all them, Tavares aside because he actually took less money than he was offered elsewhere, but they all have really bonus-laden contracts, and apparently that's why Muzzin allowed himself to be exposed in the expansion draft. It's nice to see the Leafs actually get something out of loading it up with bonus because there's no way you could argue they got value on Marner because they no yeah no juiced his contract but with bonuses. I say for here he's more open to it because it has sixteen point eight million dollars of the twenty two and a half million in signing bonuses yeah. and he gets almost a third of his contract on July first. I was gonna say seven point three of that is straight up front on July first. Next year it's five point five and then it's two and two with two two base salary in the yeah. final years. Um, so, yeah, it's good to see them also using their money for that. And I guess I'll get to the other part that the trade that they were technically involved in that was also using their money, and that's the Robin Leonard deal. Yeah, this was awesome. Um, this was, I think, really good for two of the three teams involved. Um, so Vegas acquires Robin Leonard for, for Martin Zirkles uh, from Chicago in exchange for Malcolm Subban, uh, Stanislav Demon and a 2020 second round pick. Um, a second round pick. Yeah, so a second yeah. round pick, and I guess Malcolm Subban is a placeholder for this year. True, he can sit um, there in the NHL. And so this trade had to go through Toronto, so I believe Chicago retained, I think it was 40% or 50%. Uh, Toronto retained 40% of his contract, and yeah. Vegas has 10% of his deal on it so they can make the cap hit work. Uh, so for, for doing this, Toronto acquired a fifth round draft pick. Uh, for the hassle of taking on the the cap hit, uh, two hundred grand for a fifth round pick. So essentially, uh, I guess let's start from Toronto's real quick. There's not much to say about it other than it's a smart yep. deal. Uh, I saw people mad online that they wouldn't use that for a bottom six forward. I don't know what player you're going to add for that price that you actually need. Like, no, you weren't getting any WAR for two hundred. No, dollars yeah, exactly. And Especially because you were going to have to give up assets, right? Yeah. Like, I don't I, know. I will say. For this deal, I think we've kind of touched on this before, but every time you'll see, like, Sean Tierney will tweet out a draft pick chart and everybody will say, trade back, fifths and seconds aren't really that far apart. The Leafs are shaping up to be one hell of a natural experiment. Yes, uh, and I think I brought this up a couple times. They're currently at 3-7, and a fifth, and I think and they two have... fourth. Yeah, and two-fourths, and I think their one-seventh as well is, um, if I'm not mistaken... Hold on, let me read on cap friendly real quick. I think their one seventh is just a conditional one. Oh, never mind. They don't have their own because I say the one the one pick that they have is a conditional one on Max Verano playing uh, ten games this year with Toronto, and that's just not going to happen. No. It's an AHL move. So, but yeah, they have three seventh, three sixth, a fifth, and two fourth round picks this year. So they're really going to be the experiment of. Um, what is draft like? Is the draft value that we say is that going to work? And obviously, you can't just if they, if it doesn't work for them, or if it does work for them, you can't definitively say one way or another because there's so much luck involved. Though that's the worst part is the draft. We all know the draft's a crapshoot, but either this is going to work or it isn't, and that's going to be the definitive proof yes, that every team should do it. Exactly. I, every time it'll be brought up. So um, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I just think it was smart. Um, yeah, I like that. It was a really good move. And yeah, I brought up a couple times. I thought that the depth mix is very interesting, especially because they've just kind of silently accumulated them. Like yeah, they just seem to keep getting them from random spots. Yeah, and... I just say they'll just pick up a random guy, or they'll send a random AHL player for seventh. They'll be like, here you go, and yeah. like, oh, okay, they have another. Se-. Or it'd be like in a deal, like, hey, we'll give you our second for this player, but we want your seventh back with it. Like yeah, so. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, for Vegas and Chicago, let's get to Vegas. I, I think this makes Vegas um, absolute contender in the West before. Like, I think they had one of the best rosters before, but goaltending was killing them. I don't I don't know how you don't look at them as one of, if not the best team coming out of the West now this year. Definitely the Pacific, am I? Like, definitely the Pacific. Yeah, like, I know I should be like conservative on how much this changes my thought. Goalies are random and everything, but if Robin Leonard is half as good as he has appeared in the past two years, this makes Vegas the favorites out of the West. Yeah. By, like, a long shot. Yeah, so, I mean, like, the teams in the Central are still pretty good. I like St. Louis's roster. Yeah. I like Colorado's roster, and Dallas to some extent as well. But And even Nashville's roster is fine, but they I don't know. They're making playoff push. But, uh, like, this Vegas team has just been so dominant. And, like, in the past, like, four weeks or whatever, I'm pretty sure they're at, like, 65% expected goals or oh, something they're dumb it. like that. They like, are the, assuming Lightner's good, which I think 
It's a fair enough assumption at this point. Yeah, I mean, good enough for long he's enough. definitely got to be an upgrade on the 900 save percentage that they've been getting. Yeah, so assuming Laner can still hang, they're the only team in the West that I would take as a top four team in the East. Yeah, probably. I think so. Like, again, it's, uh, yeah. I don't know where exactly I'd put them, but they would be in the Boston, Toronto, no, Boston, Tampa, Washington, Pittsburgh tier. Yes. And no other team in the West I would put there. Yeah, I mean, I think you'll probably get some people saying, what about St. Louis? But their underlying metrics haven't been. Yeah, I'm not that. But, I, I mean, that means they're still good, very good. Too. I think they're just like a step below the big four, if you want to count five now, I guess. Yeah. Like, I think there's an obvious four in the East. If Leonard can even be even nine fifteen, I think he's a better than like a nine twelve goalie too. Yeah, he's, I think been he's shown like maybe the best goalie in the league the past two years. Yeah, like he's just been he's been unreal and like I guess for like if I'm Chicago, I don't know why you why you trade him over Corey Crawford. I get Corey Crawford won you two cups, but he's also been dealing with crazy injuries since like thirty four years old. Yeah, unless there just wasn't anything to get from Corey Crawford. I don't care. Yeah, we signed like, Robin Leonard. I don't hate it for Chicago because they're bad. I guess, yeah. Like he's like, so like Robin Leonard had a nine thirty last year, and obviously that was the huge uh, Islanders defense. But I think he also proved that it was also him this year because Chicago's defense sucks. Yeah. it's so horrible, so garbage. They're hor- horrible defensively. Nine eighteen save percentage. Yeah, and his adjusted save percentage is still fantastic. Yes, like you said, they're dumpster fires. Yeah. So, um, like I guess I guess the reports out of Chicago was that. Um, they just weren't close enough to a contract extension. Chicago didn't want to do more two or three years, and Leonard wants a little more long term. And I think that's fair on both sides of things. Um, yeah, I guess like if you're Chicago, yeah, maybe this is just another step in actually convincing themselves they should rebuild. But they didn't do any other selling this year. No, so. they didn't do any other selling. But as far as this trade specifically, I'm never gonna fault a bad team. Yeah, for I guess getting a pick. I guess in a vacuum, it's fine. Especially but. a second, second for a goalie at the deadline. Yeah, it I mean, well, I common, think that just, right? I think that shows. Well, I mean, it should have been what, like, this is kind of reminds me of the deal that I think San Jose should have made for uh, Howard last year. Yeah, exactly. You know, like a third or something for Howard. But, you know, Vegas went out and realized now they have a legit guy. I'm sure he'll play behind Flurry to start just because the whole, you don't want to just give him the starter's role. But he's good. He's way more than good enough to light a fire under Flurry's ass and, and get him playing when Flurry's struggling. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, let's see. What else do we got? We got to keep moving here. Um... Let's go just from the day before the trade deadline, I guess. Cody Eakin goes to the Winnipeg Jets for, like, a fourth-round pick. We did that one, didn't we? Uh, did we? Yeah, because we talked about how he's bad. Oh, okay. Well, if we did, he's bad. I don't understand. And expensive. Right, yeah, okay. Yeah, we did do that. That was right as we are recording. Uh, then Ilya Kovalchuk goes from the Habs to the Washington Capitals for a third-round pick. I thought this was really good from both sides. I think the Capitals get some depth scoring that can... Help him on probably power play two, I would assume. But I would think so, because you'd think you'd want him as a primary shooter. But yeah. on Ovi's power play, you're just not going to no. put him there. Especially with like John Carlson on the power play yeah. and stuff like that, too. But yeah, help you help your power depth power play and depth scoring as well. For a third-round pick uh, for Montreal, you picked the guy up for free, got some good experience. Apparently, if he is back in a, as a UFA this summer, Montreal will be one of the teams definitely in on him, and it sounds like cool. he enjoyed his team so time there. So uh, you got a... Th- Free third round pick for absolutely nothing for picking a dude up for a couple months. Like, yeah, this was great for Bergevin. Free third round pick. Yeah, I don't, like I don't, you just you can't complain about that. No, absolutely not. Um, it's a great, uh, great play. I, I, that's one of the deadline trades that we're accustomed to seeing. I think, and it's just it's a very, very smart move in my opinion. Yeah, it's too bad. Uh, there's so many good right hand shots on that Washington power play because it'd be cool to see him play on the top unit. Yeah, for Just sure. Just to see if he still has a left, but he's definitely not going to play there. No, and I mean, obviously, you just wouldn't. No, it wouldn't be smart that, to take right? John Carlson off for no. or something. I wouldn't think, but no. Um, and then the other trade Washington made a uh, smaller one: Daniel Sprong from Anaheim in exchange for Christian Juice. Uh, they got a loaded uh, blue line now. You know, they've picked up some guys, and uh, I guess you know. I don't know. I don't have much to say about this. Like I was high on Juice in the past, but it's clear that he's not going to be playing for Washington. Yeah, no. Right now and and yeah, I don't know. Sprong's a fine enough pickup. He went to. He had some upside. I, if you can just play him on your fourth line, I mean, is it? I don't know. Like I think he, I'm pretty sure his underlying numbers this year were pretty solid. Yeah, he's actually got like decent results in the NHL, but it's a small enough sample. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a tiny. It's a tiny sample, but like. He's also been good in the AHL at a relatively young age, so maybe he's got like 
Josh Levo style, like third line scorer upside. Yeah, like it's only been a hundred minutes, but it's like it's very red. It's plus fifty yeah. percent threat. So obviously sample size there um, with Anaheim though. Um, so I but if you're the Washington Capitals, even if he doesn't play much this year, this is the perfect guy. He's an RFA, I believe, at the end of this year. It's the perfect guy to re up for really cheap next year because you're probably going to need to shed some more salary going into next summer. So, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, you can get rid of you know someone in your middle six and hope that he can take a spot in your bottom six and replace those guys. Yeah, or say Brandon Leipzig somehow finds a way that he's too expensive. Could try him at that role. Yeah, exactly. So Whatever. it's like it seems like a fine pickup for a guy you weren't going to use. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, let's go to Edmonton then. Uh, how about that? They made a trio of trades this uh, um, deadline. They picked up Mike Green, uh, Tyler Ennis, and Andreas Athanasiu. Um, so for uh, Tyler Ennis, they got a fifth round draft pick. They gave up a fifth round draft pick. Uh, for Mike Green, they gave up Kyle Brodziak and a fourth, so a fourth. Um, and for Athanasiu, they gave up two seconds, two right? seconds, and Sam Gagne's salary. So um, I don't. I thought this was uh, kind of what in line what I wanted to see Edmonton do. Yeah, the Green deal. I I didn't really like giving up an asset for Green, but yeah, I guess that's the one thing. But you know, if you want some depth on the back end, but I, I like the two forward picks I a lot. I really liked Annis for a fifth. Yeah, I mean, I'm shocked from Ottawa's perspective. That's all you could get from him. But from all accounts, the market just didn't seem to be there. Which is fair enough. Yeah, which is like I'm not blaming Dorian for that or anything. I just I'm surprised. Well, like the the Annis for a fifth is the like back when Levo was leaving Toronto. And everybody was like, just give something up to get this guy. Like Annis for fifth is the exact kind of trade we've been screaming yes. about Edmonton to make for forever. Exactly. And the Athanasiu deal, two seconds and he's got cost control. Like he's an RFA at the end of this year. I would assume they'll re-up him. He seems like the exact type of guy that should be fitting on Edmonton. Yeah. this he Remember when Barry got traded and we were like, his underlying numbers are kind of bad, but you can totally see how it would work with him in Toronto? Yeah. This reminds me of that. Yeah, exactly. I or mean, like, his underlying numbers aren't great, but he's also, when you have to try and play in Detroit, who is on pace for 43 points this year. Yeah, it's not shocking that they're not great. He has a ton of speed, and, you know, he has some skill. He's shown some skill. He's if got you, shooting talent yeah, and speed, if, which is like so if McDavid's you, dream winger. Exactly. If you plug him in with McDavid, and I, so last night they had him, McDavid, and Ennis on the line. Ennis and Athanasiu both had a goal and assist each. Yeah. They still lost in overtime, but uh, Mike Green had a point, I think, too. But, yeah, no, I thought this was a really smart deadline. Uh, the Mike Green thing is a little weird. Um they give up a fourth, uh, and it's conditional fourth. So if the uh, Oilers make it to the Eastern Conference Finals and Green plays at least 50% of the games, it turns into a third-round pick, That's which at that point, if you're in the Eastern Conference Finals, you cares? probably don't care. Um, but, you know, I thought, the I thought like, my thing was I thought the, they should be trying to pick up low-cost wingers. And Anthony C is not necessarily low-cost, but he also is probably going to be here for more than one year. So Yeah, they have his rights, so maybe they sign him to, like, a three-year contract or something. I, I think they should. Like, I don't yeah. think he would be super expensive. Like, And I could see him liking it there. Yeah, I mean, if you get to play against Connor, or uh, play with Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl on one of those two lines, I don't see how you're going to be complaining about having a spot there and maybe, you know, two or three years of job security about where you're going to be. Exactly. And same with Ennis. Everybody just assumes players like to go to warm places, but Ennis clearly has no problem staying in Canada. Maybe he signs cheap for a million bucks yeah, or something because I mean, he likes it there over the next couple weeks. Yeah, I thought he should have made more than a million just off based off of what he did in Toronto last year and yeah. Ottawa got him for 800 k and, and he did it again. I was saying there's no market here, that or on the, there's no trade deadline market for him that was really there, so maybe he'll be undervalued again come this summer. So, yeah, yeah I know. That, that's two really smart pickups in my opinion, and you know, I think you know now with Vegas and having a goalie, they're very clearly the favorites in the West. True. But I, I still think if you're Edmonton, you're putting yourself in a spot where you're at least second or third, I think, in your division. Yeah, I um, think so. So you're trying to give yourself a shot to do something with McDavid, which, again, I think is fair given that it wasn't. Uh, it's not like you're giving up a first and a ton of prospects to go all in on this year because it's it's a this year move, but it's also somewhat of a it can, can be a futures move as well. Yeah, like at least at you we could be looking back in five years and looking at him as one of the. Not obviously main pieces, but like like a nice supporting cast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I like that. I, I thought that was pretty smart from Edmonton's uh, side of things. Uh, from Detroit, you got a fourth for Mike Green. That's a solid pickup. Love that for Detroit. Um, and Athanasiu, I thought the return was fine as well. I didn't really see him with how bad they are. I just didn't really see him fitting in their long term plans. And no, like he's good, but he's not great. So I like them getting two seconds out of it. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was smart. You know, I'd rather see them get some draft picks and try and 
really restock their uh, prospect cupboard so when they're good in two or three years again. Exactly. Or trying to be good in two, two or three years again, I should say, I guess. But um, I think that was the only big trades that Detroit made. Yeah, they didn't do much. Yeah. They um, don't really have a ton of UFAs. No, they really so. didn't have a lot to sell off. I or, mean, sorry, a ton of useful UFAs. Yeah. Um, because Jimmy Howard, no one's touching him this year. And, like, most of their decor's up, but nobody's looking at a single one of those players no. and thinking, wow, I need them for yeah. assets. I need a 36-year-old Trevor Daly or a 35-year-old Jonathan Erickson. Like, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I thought uh, that it was a fine what they did. So, um, And then uh, I'm trying to think of who else you're looking at it from. I guess Ottawa. Uh, we can talk about their deadline real quick. Uh, I So we I had a big rant on Thursday or whenever we recorded about how if Ottawa screws this up, I'm going to be very, very mad. Well, guess what? They didn't screw it up. No. I thought I thought they I would give their deadline a B plus, um, mainly because of one trade, and that's about it. The rest was a little underwhelming, but the rest was all just like a perfectly fine. Yeah, like you were supposed to sell, you sold. You didn't do anything better or worse than that. Yeah, I, I would say it was. I'd say one thing was really, really good, and then the other stuff was slightly below average. Yeah, like just, I, I just don't think trading away Dylan DeMello and keeping Ron Hainsey is smart. No, that was annoying. Just keeping Ron Hainsey, yeah. period. Even the so we'll get to the the two small ones. The return for Ennis, I was underwhelming. I don't think that was Dorian's fault. I don't really. He didn't really have anything to do. Uh, like it just if didn't sound no like the market, market was there. No market, Nemestikov went to Colorado for a fourth. I thought that was a good pickup for Colorado. Get a little bit of depth scoring for not much. Uh, again, for Ottawa, they pretty much decreased twenty picks in the draft to uh, have twenty five or no forty five games of Nemestikov and. I don't know. I guess you can argue if that's worth it. Again, you talk about draft pick value. Twenty picks in the fourth round probably isn't going to affect much. Probably doesn't mean much. You keep him and you hope that he helped the team a little bit along the way. But and there was that hope that you could get more than a well, fourth. Well, that's what, and that's why I think it was a little underwhelming. But again, I guess there was just no market, so whatever. Which is odd. He seemed like a guy that he's just so hot and cold that I think there was probably teams that didn't want to didn't want to risk it. Yeah, exactly. So a fourth is fine. I mean. It was just more, I was just hoping for a third. But they got their own fourth back out of this? Uh, no, they got next year's fourth from oh, Colorado. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so, and then, yeah, the John Gabriel Pajot trade, which... Uh, this was amazing. This was a huge, huge... This was more than a win than I was even expecting from Ottawa. I was expecting maybe a conditional first, and that's about it. No reasonable sense fan should have expected this. No. Uh, so, they the if you don't know, the return is a first. It's a conditional first, so if it's top three protected, pretty much, it turns into next year's first. Uh, second round pick with no conditions on it, and then if the Islanders win the cup this year, which I find very, very, very unlikely, uh, they get a third round pick this year as well. Um, so it'll probably be just a first and a second this year, but that's amazing. which is great for John Gabriel Pajot. John Gabriel Pajot immediately signs a six year, five million AAV extension with the uh, the New York Islanders, which makes this trade look even better for Ottawa because there's no way on earth you should have signed that. No, and by all accounts, he's a great dude, so great for him, but. Wow, did Lou look terrible here? Yeah, like, like it's just really, really yeah. Bad. I'm like as a Sens fan, I am so 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 happy for Jean Gabriel Pajot. Yeah, um, everybody. Is, like I haven't heard a bad thing. No, out of he Ottawa is about the, him. he was like he is just such a heart and soul guy. Like he's just a great player. I think you could argue that this year he really came into his own as like a fringe top six guy. Um, but he's the bottom line is he's had he's never hit over thirty five points. I don't think. No. Uh, or He's 37. Like peak of the pesky sends to me. Yeah. Oh, yes. Um, from a couple years ago. And like, it's just. You know he's a great he's a great fine he's a fine player but he's a great dude so I'm happy to see him get money but you just you can't be signing that guy to six years. No. Six years at five million dollars. It's not even like it was like six by three so it's like by the end of the contract you could just move it to a non cap team or something. Six years. Yeah, this was bad. And the worst is like, so he's a, he's been worth. Probably five million bucks this year, or whatever. But he has not been in the past. Like no. this is the only year that he's ever yeah. shown this, and he's twenty-seven. Yeah, I mean, like his—he's a very solid defensively uh, sound forward, so he'll fit into Edmonton's scheme or Edmonton, the Islanders. the Islanders' scheme, absolutely perfectly. But yeah, it's just—I would have been what I wanted to see him sign. I was like three by four maximum, three mil or three years, four million. That would have been acceptable. And yeah, and like anything above that, I was like, no, I don't think so. He's like twenty-seven. I want to say already. Yep. Yeah, twenty-seven years old. So this is gonna take him when he's thirty-three. Like it's just a risky con. It's such a risky contract. Yeah, and it's not like like I don't buy the Islanders now. No. Well, and they they seem to be buying themselves because they're just kind of going all in with this group. Yeah, like if this was the Tampa Bay Lightning, you'd be like, look, I don't think Pajot's going to be worth it, but he might be now, so I guess you can just t- 
like uh, sign this and then deal with it down the road. Well, I, this is going to be timed horribly for the Islanders. Yeah, well, and it's more like even like the contract. I don't even think I can justify the contract extension if Tampa did it. But the return and the contract be, extension. Yeah. Like, that is just what... Like, a first and a second you're giving up all this. Like, that first very well could be 16th, 17th overall. Yeah. Like, Ottawa could end up with, like, a top two, a top seven or eight, a top seven pick, and then a top 15 or 20, top 20 pick, I guess. Like Because the secret is the Islanders still aren't good. No, they're not that good. Like, they're fine. Def- they're a good defensive team that, you know, doesn't have much scoring. And yeah. I get Pajot shooting 18.5%, but, like... He's not going to help your long-term scoring needs. No, not at all. Like, this is, he's doubling his career shooting percentage. So, I, I just, uh, yeah, I don't get this from the Islanders at all. And, you know, it's same with giving up a second for Andy Green. Like, why are you doing that? No, like, this team isn't good. Andy Green and John Gabriel Pajot were not going to push them over any of... What hump they thought they needed. Like, they're in the first wildcard spot right now. They're still Maybe not- they're better than Columbus. Columbus, sure, but they're still not better than Philly, Carolina, Washington, or Pittsburgh. And guess what? The Rangers are storming back. Yeah. The Rangers are suddenly only within four, within four points. They're tied with Florida in terms of points. And, like, they... I don't know who I take over the Islanders or Rangers, but the Rangers just beat them last night. And, you know, Shesterkin got hurt in a car accident, which is a little scary. But, yeah, that was... But they still have Lundqvist and... Uh, Gorgiev. Gorgiev as well, so they're fine there. You know, Panarin's going out of his mind. We'll get in the Rangers in a second, because I don't like what they did either, but... Um, like it's this team is just like honestly like pure talent. I would say they're well, they're very obviously I think fifth at best in their division. And I think and they're maybe sixth. Like I don't think they're as good of a team as the Panthers either. No, I mean the Panthers are getting absolutely zero goaltending, and like I guess if you're hoping that that bounces back, then definitely not. But I they'll finish with more points than the yeah. Panthers this year. But I don't think they're a pure talent level. I don't think they are like or even the Habs. Yeah, Honestly. I don't know. It's probably it's close, at least. Yeah, like, like, I don't think the Islanders are a good team at all. I don't know how they came that this was what they needed to do on the deadline. Yeah, like, I think they're fine. I think maybe they, they're, they're one of the few teams, I think, like, numbers maybe underrate just because of the system that they play. But it's underrate to the point where it's like, I think they're maybe a wild card team, not yeah. to the point where they're a Stanley Cup favorite. They go like, from actively bad to league average. Yeah. Fine. And exa- like, it's like it's just like what happened last year. It's like underrated in terms of they're probably like a wild card team. I guess they were second in their division last year because a bunch of beer. Third in their division last year because it struggled. But And if they get the right matchup like they did last year, they can really take advantage of a team. But as soon as they get in round two, they got swept because they got an unfavorable other seven matchups. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, so, yeah, I don't know. I... I Think that this is a very questionable move for Ottawa, uh, for the Islanders, for Ottawa. I, I'm absolutely like I love it. Floored by it. Yeah. I mean, so Ottawa has three first rounders in this year's first round now, four second rounders Jesus. and two third rounders in one of the deepest drafts that people are saying that we've seen in years. So yeah, like that's, NHL. So that's all right. in the NHL E, and I, I I can't remember who has this model, so forgive me, but I know um, Colin Cudmore of the point per pot. Uh, so point percents cast with uh, Trevor Shackles. They were talking about this today. Um, and he was saying that the one guy who has the NHLE model, usually there's like, you know, if you I think it's above uh, a certain 20 NHLE or something, you have a first-round draft talent. Uh, like in your draft. In your draft, year, yeah. yeah. So um, there, there's 40-plus players <laughs> with that this year. So, like, there's like 40-plus players who could have, like, just in a normal draft, a, a first-round draft. first-round yeah. players, yeah. So, like, that is just how deep this draft is. And Ottawa now has... Seven picks in the top two round, top sixty-two, and another two in the third round. Yeah, that's pretty damn good. Um, so they can either choose to trade down. I hope that I, if unless they, you know, I, I guess I would see if there's a guy you really like at the end of the first round, what it would cost to trade up a couple spots if you needed to. But I don't want to see them trading up too much if they don't have to. No, that would be my only fear is they go wild trading up. But like I would just take like I don't know like people are so against taking, it, but like the uh, the Hurricanes took twelve players in last year's draft. Yeah, why would you not just take thirteen take players shot. this year? Like. I yeah. get that's a lot to be in your development at one time, but then you can trade them if you need to down the road. Yeah, exactly. Like you, We've seen failed prospects go for way more than they should all the yeah, time. Yeah, well, if you draft 13 players and let's say over half of them fail, that still means you probably have five really good NHL players. Like, let's say if you have, th- your, even out of your top round picks here, if you have your three, your four, and your two, you know, you have 11 picks right there. Yeah. Um, let's say, for example, let's say four of them turn out. That's still really good. Like, pretty yeah, if half of ball. them fail, that still means you have four or five guys who are going to be really good. And I would assume, considering they now have the third and fourth overall picks before the lottery, 
that one of them is going to be a very high, or two of them will probably be very high potential players. Two should be, one could be first, second, or third overall. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, I don't know, I'm really, really excited, and next year they have three second rounders as well, um, so it'll be interesting to see what they do next year too, I think they probably have another year of rebuilding, although, if they nail this draft, it'll be franchise altering. If they, 100%. If they nail this draft, I could see them doing what Toronto did when in Matthew's first year, where they are... Maybe not right in the playoffs, but competing for a playoff spot. They would definitely need lottery luck to do that, but yes. so did Toronto. Yeah, and that's so. what yeah, that's what nailing draft is. You need probably Lafreniere and then Rossi like, or something. Yeah, like, like a that third or fourth or, or fifth four. pick, right? But yeah. if you know, if you get a top two pick, you're automatically gonna be picking fifth or sixth probably as well, because those two picks are right there. Like yeah, unless exactly. San Jose rattles off a bunch of wins, but it doesn't look like they're gonna do that either. No, I wouldn't bet on that. Um, and then you have another guy at fifteen for down in the future. So like it, it, this is a franchise altering draft, and to the point where like if they get two guys at the top of this draft where they can come in and play right away and make an impact right away, like Lafreniere especially. Yeah. Um, they have the talent around like Toronto did, where you have the Kachuk, you have Shabbat on your team already. Where it's like you have at least guys in place that yeah, can help surround. Them. White's good. He's not great, but no, White's good. It's fine. Like. Even, like, you know, uh, I know Bobby Ryan's missed a lot of this year, but, you know, Connor Brown and Anthony Duclair, like, those guys are... Batherson. Yeah, they're not, like, super special, but they're middle six guys that will be able to at least help insulate players, right? So Yeah, this is the potential to be that draft that you look back on, and it's like either this is what started it all, or... or killed them. This is why their rebuild took seven years, because yes. they whiffed on... But, like, if you, like... Six and three, two rounds. I don't think it's impossible, especially out of, if this draft is good as everyone says it is. If you get, like like, say, two or three really elite players at some point in the draft, and then another two or three just really good players or, like, good NHLers, like, that sets up your franchise for years and years to come. Oh, yeah. This like, literally be... for, like, a decade. Yeah, I don't know if a team's had this much draft capital. No, and so... Not in a I'm... draft this stacked, anyways. Yeah, so we're at the 40-minute mark. We still have a bunch to talk about, so I think this will be something for down the road. But what I do want to talk about is... This, so this is like NHL 18 or NHL 20 style like selling. You know, you like you sell to the team you know is going to get bad. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, it's like remember the one year I think we took over when we did one together. We took over the Sharks and we it was like right as Burns and everyone was supposed to come up or you know Thornton was up for a contract and everything. Yeah. We went for the playoffs, didn't work, and we sold everyone off of the draft. Like yeah. Vlasic, Burns before everyone fell off, and we just had I think we had eight first rounders. Obviously not as aggressive as this, but it's like the same idea it's, where it's yeah. like you're stocking up and then you just rebuild. Um, so I guess eventually I'll get into the conversation. Is doing this smarter every nine years than re-signing your players for long-term deals like Carlson and Stone and Duchesne? And that's a conversation yeah, I think, for another day. But like at this point, I think it's hard to justify not doing that unless it's obviously. I still think you could have signed Mark Stone. Yeah, they but... signed the wrong guys long-term. Like. I... The theory looks a lot better without Bobby Ryan on your cap Yeah, but, sheet. I mean, that was also before anything had happened, right? Like, that, that yeah. contract's from, like, literally six years ago now, five years ago, True. but still. Uh, that, yeah, that's a conversation for another day, though. Uh, let's get into a team that should have had the biggest trade cheap, uh, chip of the day, and they decided to re-sign him instead. Uh, the New York Rangers re-signed Chris Kreider in a deal I don't get at all. This hurt me. Yeah, like, and this is the NHL <laughs> in a nutshell, and, and so I was, like, I was really mad about this for a couple reasons. Uh, we'll start with the deal itself. Um, it's fine in terms of an AAV right now. Six point six and a half is, I think, way less than he probably would have got on the open market. Yeah, I would, I would assume so. he would have got seven or eight He's on the open market. He's got all those big body freak athlete traits that you could see why people would talk themselves into it. But, but. seven years at six and a half. And he's 28 years old already? That's not going to work out. No, this was a win-now move yeah. from a team that's not well, and good now. So, And the problem I have, so I'm watching TSN. I don't know if you watch Sportsnet or TSN. Or, I was Sportsnet yeah. mainly. So I was I debated going to Sportsnet, but I was I was always on TSN. I like a lot of the panel guys, right? It's like but, a childhood classic yeah. to be on TSN. But I had to turn, I turned it off because, well, I just ended up studying and just kind of checking where the trades were coming through. But I turned it off because the whole panel was raving about how good of this deal this was because they were like, oh yeah, like they they feel they're way ahead of their rebuild and where they were. It's like, well, they're way ahead because they signed Artemi Panarin to $11.5 million. Yeah. So it's like, sure, and they have two great goaltenders, or like one really, really good looking goaltender, another solid, look, like fine looking one. Yeah. Who, you know, even at worst if he's a backup, that's solid. But it's like, half their prospects haven't panned out. Kako has been actively horrible this year. Yeah, like Elias Anderson's been... Oh, he's I he's think... not even playing for the team because he was that bad, and they didn't like him, and so there was a dispute between it. It's like, 
Cheadle's been fine, but... Truba's been a bust on the top pair. Yeah, Adam Fox has been good. He's been great. That's, yeah, that's um, big. D'Angelo's kind of broken out offensively this year, but it's like... Like most of your big chip prospects haven't even come close to breaking yeah, out, and, and nothing been, suggests that they will. Kratzov has been having this really strange year where he went to Russia and now he's back. Yeah, I don't really know what's going on there. Just like, but... what do you mean this team's farther ahead in the rebuild? They're farther ahead because they gave, they didn't commit to the rebuild and they gave a guy who's, by the way, had been very like Panarin has been amazing this year, but Hart Trophy. Yeah, but they well, gave a guy eleven and a half million dollars when they were two or three years ahead of where they should have been. Yeah, like I don't see where this team gets. Like this, like if they think they're going for it with this core, I don't see where all that star power comes up to take the reins for Panarin when yeah, and Kreider cried now. It's just like, and you could have probably given what Pajot fetched, you absolutely should have and could have gotten a first and probably a decent prospect for Kreider. Presumably, they could have got a first, second, and third for Kreider. Yeah, Pajot's a first, second. The third yeah. doesn't really count for Pajot. No, but like, yeah, you probably would have got an actual third for him. So like. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's just one of those things where it blows my mind. It's just like, what do you mean this team's farther ahead? They've been horrible at a prospect development. Like they've had some huge hits, like in terms of Adam Fox and stuff. But in terms of their actual their prospect, that prospects? you know, like everyone's been hyped up about, it's been bad. It's been really bad. Yeah, so and like maybe Kako scores forty goals next year and it looks a lot better. But like in their current state, there's a, oh, you even, should be very concerned. Even if Kako scores forty goals, I'm still trading Chris Kreider. It just doesn't make yeah. sense to re-sign him. But the overall outlook, yes, looks yeah, a lot but yeah, also. it just relative to this contract, it doesn't make sense. This no. team's got Ryan Strom as their two C still, and looks yeah. like that'll be it going forward as well. Yeah, like I don't, I don't see where they they lack good players essentially. Yeah. And I mean, like, I get for a year or two now, they've had the, oh, well, they might have some coming up with their prospects, but it, they haven't had it with their prospects. Like, are you telling me that they think that they're going to be able to compete with the Cup in two years with Ryan Strom being their second 2C? No. And, like, maybe they see Chaitel or someone taking that role from them, or, I don't know, Howden or someone, but, like... Maybe. Maybe, but, like, still. Yeah, like, I... I don't know, like, I, I thought this was probably... This one made less sense to me than the Pajot signing. Yes. Especially because they could have gotten asset. Like it was more money for longer term, essentially. Yeah, and like I think Kreider's definitely better than Pajot, but like still Yeah, I didn't When you have the option to be have the best trade chip on the market because Taylor Hall got dealt months ago, you should be taking advantage of that. Yeah, because at least the Islanders are in the playoffs right now, so I could see why they talked themselves into believing their own hype. Or And they the, were they made it last year, they made it the second round last year too, where the Rangers have been bad for two years yeah, now. Yeah, and there should be... You already told your fans you were rebuilding. They yeah. all said, cool, we accept this. Yeah, it's like... There don't, should be no pressure yeah. on you to make this deal. Everyone was like, cool, actually commit to it. Don't sign a bunch of people long-term in the free agent market like you've done every other time you try to rebuild. And guess what they did? Yeah. They went and got Jacob Truba, signed him a huge deal. They went and signed Artemi Panarin to a mega deal in the offseason. Like, it just doesn't... And now they're signing Chris... This is bad. Like, I just... I This is probably my least favorite move of the day. Yeah, and it looks like they're going to play themselves into, like, picking ninth. <laughs> yeah. Instead of maybe... Yeah, like, well, they, the they, they're right? literally... They came storming back, like... And they have the goaltending to, like, probably make it a, at least a race for the second wild card spot. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to get there necessarily, Even but... if they do, they're yeah, but if Pan- Yeah, but if Panarin drags this team into the playoffs with goaltending and they're going to get killed in the first round... Well, now suddenly you're drafting 16th instead of 8th or whatever. Or yeah, whatever. exactly. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, let's just keep the negativity going, I guess. Vincent Trocek to the New Carolina Hurricanes. Don't really like this move from uh, Florida's perspective. Yeah, unless you're a Canes fan. Yeah, so we'll get in the Canes uh, flurry of moves here. But uh, let's start with this one. So from Florida, it's clear that they just felt something needed to change, locker room, whatever. Um, Trocek was underwhelming in their eyes, but... Uh, I don't know, like, he maybe hasn't been quite the same player on the point sheet, stat sheet as since he broke his ankle two years ago. Yeah, he had a monster year in, what was that, like, 16, 17? Yeah, and then broke his ankle the following year. But, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like you didn't get enough out of him to justify trading him. If he was expiring and, like, 31, yeah, so this like, trade would make some sense. So the deal is, Hurricane Squire, Vincent Trocek, for, in exchange for Eric Hollow, Lucas Walmark, uh, prospect of A2... Luce Terrian and defenseman Chase Prisky, who's also a prospect, 
I think Prisky has a bit of name value. I don't know. I don't even know who the other guy is. I don't. I've never heard that name in my life. Hala is overrated in my opinion. I think he's a fine player, but I think he's overrated on what the one year he had in Vegas. Yeah. But like he's a fine third liner. Yeah, he's a third liner. Walmart's a fine fourth liner. But like, you just gave up a two C. A legitimate cost controlled relatively two C. And like, like I don't know. Like that just doesn't make any sense to me. No, as a unless of, unless I'm like vastly underrating the prospects, but I don't think I am. Well, I didn't see anybody reach out and say, "Oh my God, these idiots for giving up on these prospects." So. Yeah, and like so, like this year, uh, Trocheck has 36 points in 55 games. Not ideal. Last year he had 34. So he the ankle injury was last year. He had 34 points in 30 or 55 games. He hasn't been like obviously clearly the same, but like I don't know. This year he was still with Florida. He was on pace for. 53 points as That's a 2C who has good underlying numbers. Yeah, you're not complaining about that. No, and, like, he's, he's on, what's his contract? Like, three years left at 475. Yeah, so, like, that's great. Like, what more are you asking for from a 2C? Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I don't, and you're trying to make the playoffs right now. Like, you could knock that second-round pick out of the park and not get Vincent Trocek out of it. Yeah. It just, I don't, I don't get this. I don't get it at all. I think no. it's, I like it from Carolina's perspective. I think it gives them a legit, you know, help down the middle now. I think more teams in f- team in the position of like Florida should be proactive and sell. But I think you sell Mike Hoffman and Evgeny Dadanov who are expiring. Yeah, like not don't Trocheck. And like, but again, like if you're Florida, even like yeah, like I would have been fine if they sold Hoffman. Like this clearly isn't our year. But one of these times it should be their year because they haven't an old. Like, I don't know, people make fuss about Toronto because it's such a huge market, but, like, Florida is now in a position where they just shelled out $10.5 mil- or $10 million to a goaltender who sucks, yeah. who's 30 years old and sucks, and they have a core that's getting older. I mean, I know Barkov's still pretty young, but he's 24 himself. Like, he's not 20 anymore. Yeah, it's not like he's this young up-and-coming no. piece or whatever. Barkov's just Barkov at this point. Yeah. He's not going to get better. And no, like... Huberto's 26. Like, it's not like you don't have to be, like, going for it this, this year, but it's like one of these days you should be trying to make the playoffs because they haven't even done that. They yeah. did it back in 2016, but they haven't done it since. Yeah, this forward core, too, without Hoffman and Dadanov looks really bad. Yeah, so I, like, I'd assume they have and to set. they probably re-sign Dadanov. Yeah. I think Hoffman's gone, though. Oh. I think Hoffman's gone, but by, by all accounts, they were looking to get it. And so apparently a rumor, I can't remember which radio station had this, but that they've been told to cut $10 million in salaries next year, too. Which oh, could, geez. yeah, which could be part of the reason they dealt Trocheck. But if that is the case, that is going to be nasty. Because that probably means Hoffman's definitely gone, that's maybe Hoff- even Dadanov. That's Hoffman and Dadanov. Yeah. $10 million. So, like, if they cut that, that's going to be bad. Yeah, and also, why did you get expiring UFA Eric Halla? Like, if you're going to sell, sell. Yeah, well, and the, yeah, I don't know. Like, maybe they wanted to try and convince their fan base that they weren't going on a full sell, but they yeah. felt this was better. I don't, Nothing I really don't know. half measures. Yeah. Like, it's just, it wasn't good. It was not good. Uh, but, yeah, from Carolina, I really liked it. I thought it was a smart pickup. You have a, another cost control guy. I mean, this is just the prototypical Carolina move. Yeah, trade for good hockey players. Yeah, Seems so, to have worked out pretty well. You, know, you now have them at two or three C, depending where you want to put Jordan Stahl, but you now have a center core of... Aho, Stahl, Trocek, and Martin Nuke. Uh, that's a good top three, at least, right? That's, like, top nine, yeah. you're looking good. And on the wings, you have Svechnikov, who's really good. Taravine is really good. You know, Justin Williams is... Has been five, good. Yeah, has been good, you know. And uh, Warren Fogel's not bad. Nino Niederreiter's really good. Martin Nikash, it's good. Uh, Ryan Dezingle has struggled this year, but it's still fine, like, in a bottom six role. He presumably didn't get bad overnight. Yeah, when he's your, if he's legitimately your seventh best winger on the fourth, so that means he's on the fourth line, you probably have a good issue. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I don't, I really like this from um, Carolina's perspective. They also picked up Brady Shea. Uh, they really went all, so. This one I didn't like. No, I didn't understand this one as much. I think Shea, well, he's on a, is a five mil deal? For four more years, is yeah, that what five it is? Yeah, five two five for four left. Yeah, he it. signed it after a breakout season, then just never really finished that up. Yeah, he kind of showed some promise, but he really hasn't showed anything since. No, I mean, like, yeah, I and like the Rangers have kind of this is even though Fox has been great, the Rangers have been a wasteland for defensemen, and the Carolina Hurricanes have been the complete opposite. So maybe they're able to turn this guy around into what everybody thought he was going to be, but. Yeah, I mean, like, even this year, like, he's been slightly above offensive, or above average offensively, and very, like, below, well below average defensively, so, yeah, I don't know, I don't, I think, 
volun- like voluntarily picking that up for you know four more years or first. five more years. Yeah, and so I mean that and that's a good sell on New York's part. But like that's more what you have to like you have to lean into that if you're New York. Yeah, like imagine it's like I get like you're just talking about half measures. It's like well, so New York now has two first round picks in this draft. They could have had they don't have their own second though, but they could have had probably three first rounders. A second, second and a third. Back, yeah. Like, and they have two thirds, so it could have been, like, they could have put themselves in a great position going forward here. Yeah, exactly. I, I, this I was great for them, but the whole day. Yeah, me. like, the Kreider thing just really overshadows. And, you know, if you're Carolina, I like the Trocheck deal a lot. I don't love this one at all, but I no. mean, I'm. I'll, I'm interested to see what happens, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Like, They've made enough good deals that it kind of makes me, like, Perk my eye up. It's one, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, I don't like it, but I'm at least willing to give you know these guys the benefit of the doubt because they've shown time and time again that they are like, they're like maybe the only NHL team that I would actually give the benefit of the doubt to in terms of acquiring players. Yeah. So, um, but I, I don't know. Like I, as it stands, I don't like this deal. Um, no, me personally. Either. So, and then they, but they also picked up uh, Sammy Vatnin from the New Jersey Devils. Um, this is one that I talked about last year. So in, in return for Vatnin. Uh, they gave up Frederick Clayson, uh, my favorite. Poor uh, guy. Conditional 2024th. I think this is a fine deal. I think this made way more sense than picking up Shea for multiple years. Yeah, I don't love Vatnin, but say you can't sell. Like, he seems like he has more to give than he has given yeah, in New Jersey. Yeah, well, it's but... like I don't love Vatnin as your top pair guy, but I don't mind Vatnin for a fourth and a guy you're not using in Clayson to play on your bottom pair or something like that, or it's number it's four like the, until Dougie Hamilton gets back. Exactly. It's like the definition of a low-risk, high-reward. Yeah. So, and Pesci and Hamilton are out long-term for Carolina, which hurts them a lot. But yeah. if, if they're healthy by the playoffs, they're going to have, like, nine healthy defensemen come playoff time. Yeah, and the Vatman's pick might not even have to be given up if he doesn't become healthy soon enough. So. Yeah, exactly. He's hurt right now, too. So, like, I don't know. I thought, it was, I thought Vatman was fine. I know Berkshire was on, uh, oh, whose podcast was it? PDO cast. I think it was the PDO That's cast. That's usually goes on. I think it was the PDO cast last week, and he was saying that he, yeah, it was. He was saying he wants to see Batten and traded if he sees anyone trade or he, from the Devils. He wants to see Batten and traded because um, uh, he thinks he has he has more to give just based on what the numbers have been, and he feels like it's not a great system he's in with the Devils. So uh, that's interesting. Uh, the other move the Devils made was Wayne Simmons. I'm shocked they only got a fifth to him. Me for too. Him. Um, and he goes to Buffalo of all teams. This was. Made, this like, made no sense. It was a fifth, so like it didn't doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. But I think this was the dumbest thing you could have possibly done with a fifth round pick. Yeah, like why are you? What are you doing? And they sold on like Connor. Like I, I like their other move. They sold uh, Connor Sheary, and they got Dominic Cahoon back, who's a little younger and is a good player. I thought that was fine going like forward. But yeah. what are you doing giving up assets for twenty five games of Wayne Simmons? No, like, Buffalo's a lot of UFAs this year, and I would not want that many UFAs if my team was this bad. No, like, like, are you... Are, you, are they are they trying to... Con- no, I, they couldn't be convinced. Maybe they were, like, a culture thing. I don't know. But it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I... Like, what are you doing? I don't know. Like, like, it's a fifth, so whatever. It probably won't... But it's like, you're a team that clearly is not making the playoffs. You're clearly not good enough. Wayne Simmons is washed. Why are you using an asset to go get him? See, now there's, like, this huge fan uproar. Dude was on the SDP. Yeah. He was, like, ranting the radio station. Yeah. I was wondering if that was one of those, like, look, we're trying to be good but it's like, guys moves. It just goes the opposite way. It's like, I don't know if you're trying to be You just sold Connor Sheary, too. Like, yeah, I don't, oh, I don't think it, it actually makes, any makes sense. Good, They're at 66 points right now. It kind of screams, like, hey, fans. Don't be angry yeah. at me kind of thing. It's like, hey, we're eight out of the playoffs, and it's, there's 20 games left. But, you know, Wayne Simmons, he might be. But eight is less than ten, yeah. and that means we can talk was, ourselves into I being I can't close. even remember which beat writer said it, but some dumb beat writer that I never agree with anyways was like, this TSN panel doesn't understand what Buffalo's doing. They're trying to win now or make the playoffs now. It's quite clear what they're doing. And I think it was, it was Dom Lushijan who quoted him. was like, I currently have Buffalo as a 2% chance <laughs> to uh, make the playoffs and or a 4% chance after the cheery trade or something like that. I can't remember. It was like 4%. He's like, if Wayne Simmons gets them 96% of the way, good luck to them. But, yeah, because the beautiful thing about the NHL playoff system is they're 10 points back right now. If they acquired Connor McDavid for nothing, they still wouldn't be an over 50% chance of even making the playoffs. Yeah, like, it just, this, I don't, like, it just, I don't know. I don't have much more to say on it. It's stupid. It was dumb. Oh, it was very dumb. Like, there's just nothing else to say, I don't think, right? Like, 
So I I'm, think it was pretty, like, nobody was really defending no, it. No, no, I didn't see a single person other than that one, I can't remember, I think it was a Pittsburgh beat writer, he was an idiot, but... Um, yeah, no, I, I thought their other move was fine. Connor Sheary and Evan Rodriguez. I mean, Rodriguez wasn't playing and asked for a trade. I, I don't mind Sheary, but I think it's uh, fine for Pittsburgh. I really like this for Pittsburgh. It reminded me of, you know, Jamie Collins is. Yeah. For like, uh, so for those who don't know in the NFL, Jamie Collins was like an old Patriots linebacker. He was really good in New England, and then he left, and he sucked in yep. Cleveland, and then he came back, and he was for, great this year. like a quarter of the price, too. But. Yeah, so I'm thinking maybe there's a little bit of that going on with yeah. Connor Sheary's back on the line with Sidney Crosby. Maybe he still has what yeah, he did I, when he left. Yeah, definitely it's fair. I, I, like, for Buffalo, I don't mind picking up Dominic Cahoon. I think he's got some potential as well. Um, and, you know, he, he I think he's a two or three years younger than Sheary is. So Yeah, he's a bit younger. Yeah, so I, I think that was that's the type of move I'd much rather see Buffalo make. Yeah. Not this. Uh, but for Pittsburgh, I think they have to be one of the biggest winners of the deadline. They also picked up Patrick Marlowe, um, which isn't a big move, but if he He's can fine. play every couple... like it'll, what The big thing with Marlowe, I think, is do they dress him every game? Because if he knows that he's going to be cup-chasing here and he's not going to be dressing every game, I like this for Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's kind of like a sadder version of when they picked up a Gimla back in the day. Yeah. But, like, because, like, I don't think he should be taking everyday roster spots, especially in a top nine from any of these I players. would rather have both of Connor Sheary and Evan Rodriguez than yes. Patrick Marlowe at any point in your top six. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think Sheary will play in the top six, but he's not a top six. But, like, the Zucker deal I'm considering as the deadline as well, and that's why I really like yeah, their deadline. Agreed. But, yeah, so you look at their forward core now, Malkin, Crosby, Zucker, Hornquist, Tanev, Rust, Sheary, McCann, Rodriguez, Aston Reese, Teddy Bluger, Dominic Simon, and Patrick Marlowe. There's like 14 guys I just named. Yeah. And I skipped over Sam Laferty as well, who's on emergency loan. So I, I, I'm assuming he won't stay up. But still, like, there's there's a lot of names I just named. So, like, as long as Patrick Marlowe isn't taking... Because I don't know who you're kicking out of the lineup for him. I guess Aston Reese or McCann? Maybe, maybe Rodriguez, I guess. It's probably scratch. Rodriguez. They didn't have him in the lineup immediately, and they had Sheary in. But now, I don't know if that's because they think Sheary can catch on to the system quicker yeah. for obvious Bukestad's reasons. Bukestad's also not. on IR. There's another yeah. guy, right? Like, Gensel's on LTIR, and I don't know. He's not coming back anytime soon. But once he gets in, like you just have so many guys. This team might have six first-line forwards, and two of them are Crosby and Malkin. Yeah. Like, it's... Which is insane. I, I don't know. I, I like the... I, I, Pittsburgh's clearly all in. That's fair. Um, it yeah. should be good playoffs this year with them. Uh, just going to go run through quickly some other names here. We're running out a little bit of time here. Oh, there's one more big one that I actually wanted to talk about, and that's the Barkley-Goudreau trade to Tampa Bay. This was So this is a lot like Coleman, uh, in my opinion, in which I don't mind the trade for Tampa, and I see what they're doing in terms of trying to get an I extra like year, it. but they gave up way too much for him. Yeah, like I don't hate Goudreau as a player. I think he's fine. He's fine. I think he's I think he's less good than Coleman, but that's also why you didn't have to give up a foot prospect in it, right? Yeah. Like Nolan Foot in the pro, in the deal. But like, you shouldn't have given up a first regardless. Like both of so like, if you would have told me that they picked up Coleman and Goudreau, uh, or Goodrow, sorry, not Goudreau, yeah. Goodrow at the deadline, I would have been like, oh, two really smart pickups. Like I bet you that probably only costs like a second, two and a, seconds, or yeah, something, second yeah. and a third, and maybe like a sixth or something. If you had told me it cost them two, both their first-round picks this year, one of them being Vancouver's, which might be like 17th, 18th overall, and also one their best pro, like one of their best prospects, I would be like, are you kidding me? Yeah, the, I, you can find Barclay Goodrow for a third-round pick on yeah. trade deadline day. It's not well, that Is Tyler hard. Ennis that much worse than Barclay Goodrow? If he is, not by enough to justify a fifth uh, versus yeah, a first. Yeah, first, right? Like. I just I don't like I liked it from San Jose. He's getting a legitimate first rounder back for this year. That's good. I mean, it'll be a late round pick, but still first a first yeah. Not bad. And you know, like I I understand the logic behind what Tampa's doing. I just don't like the player slash cost it, it took them to do it. Yeah, you get the guy who's cheap next year. Yeah, so it's like yeah, so they've them. clearly identified. They're like, okay, we have a two year window pretty much to really again go all in before we have to restructure our costs and stuff like that. And they'll probably have to sell yeah. off a piece or two this year, but well, because McK. But Sorelli's up this year, so that'll that'll be a decent amount. And, and Sergachev and Cernak. And so they're going to have to sell off some pieces here. But then And Vasilevsky's deal kicks in. Yes, yeah, so they're going to have to sell off some pieces. So they know there's like, okay, we have a bit of a window here this season, and then we'll get the cheap guys for next, which is fine. I don't hate that thinking. It's just you can't be – you shouldn't be giving up a two-first and a good prospect for that. You know, yeah, like, like I don't – 
the Coleman deal on itself is fine, but when you combine what they did, I really don't like it that much. Yeah, well, yeah, the Coleman will provide more value than what you... Well, maybe not, but, like, Coleman will provide at least fair value for the what you gave up, but it's like, even that, it was like he felt like he should have been so underrated against the league that it was I was shocked that he... Yeah, I was shocked that he had to pick that up, yeah. so... Um, but I, I don't know, like, it is what it is, I guess. Like, yeah. I, I mean, Tampa's going to be fine. Yeah, all the way. and that but that goes so. Pitts, we just said how much we like Pittsburgh. Tampa's all in now too. So Tampa, Washington, Pittsburgh, and Boston are all going to be looking to go just completely all in here. Yeah, it should be a good playoffs as far as like juggernaut teams going at it. Yeah, it really should. Um, a few more small deals here. We're we're approaching an hour now. I got to go to work soon as well. But uh, Calgary Flames picked up Forbert and Gustafson for. I think it was a third and a fifth. I don't like either of these deals very much. Gustafson's really struggled this year. I like but Gustafson. But maybe you can rebound? It was worth a shot. I guess. Forbort, I do not like. No. <laughs> I've never seen anything there yeah. for Derek Forbort. But Gustafson at least has good priors. Yeah, I, I guess. I don't think that's a bad deal. Third round pick, low it's risk. Yeah, it maybe even re-sign him to a cheap enough deal too. Like he had, he had a really good year last year, and he, he put up a sixty points. Yeah, he put up year. a bunch of points last year, so that's fine, I guess. I just and he was a spreadsheet hero. Before he even yeah. put up sixty points, so. Calgary's uh, really—they're in an—they have a good team. They just haven't been playing amazingly this year. Like, yeah, I was told the Leafs are the only team that plays below their talent level. Yeah, they're at Calgary's in the Calgary's Toronto West. There's just not as huge of a following, right? Yeah, but except they're doing it in a worse division. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like they should be first in the, or second in their division probably, and they're not. They're they're true talent. Yeah, would be second, I would think. They're clinging on to a playoff spot right now. So, I don't know. That was fine. Yeah, Forberg, I don't like it all, but it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Um Montreal traded away a few pieces. We got to Kovalchuk. They also traded Cousins. I don't even know who they traded him to. To someone for a fourth, I believe. Uh let me check. I'm surprised they didn't sell uh, oh, Petrie. Oh, gold, the Golden Knights. Yeah, well, I think, so the thing was they wanted to try and compete again next year, and Petrie is around next year, so uh, half measures, you know. Like, yep. When you have a 32-year-old and 34-year-old defenseman who are often hurt and also just, especially your goalie, is just not as good as what he was three years ago, you just kind of have to keep on going for it, really. Yeah, exactly, because yeah, they've been down. so good in the past. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think Montreal should be trying to strip it down here. I think Tatar and Petrie probably should have been gone. Maybe even Gallagher, Gallagher too, too, I think you could have argued, yeah. You could have got so much for Brendan Gallagher yeah. in the deadline here. Um, but, yeah, they sold Nick Cousins and uh, Ilya Kovalchuk, and they got a pick. They got a fourth and a third, which is fine. But, again, like I just they have a lot of picks. Like They That's have now good. three seconds, two thirds, three fourths, two fifths, and two sevenths. But, Imagine again, like if you sell Tatar yeah, or Petrie or... Uh, um, Gallagher, and you get your first even next year or something like that. That would be huge. That would have been big. Oh, they could have walked away with a video game draft. Yeah, so they they could have been like a similar spot that Ottawa was in. They could have been in a better spot. Yeah, and like that, and like they have three been. picks next year in the fifth and two fourth, two thirds. Like I don't know. I I think they probably should have torn it down, but they didn't. Um, like I don't, I don't shouldn't know. be surprised. I no. guess this is the NHL. Uh, the Devils also traded Louis Domingue uh, for Zane McIntyre. An absolute nothing trade. Connects just need Domingue because Markstrom is hurt and yep. is going to be out for a couple of weeks. Demko so was going to be the starter. Yeah. Domingue's not even going to play. No, they want someone behind uh, um, Demko. Uh, the one bigger name, I guess. Uh, oh, Montreal also traded Nate Thompson. I should say, uh, and. I mean, I uh, Nate Thompson, credit to him, has kind of revived his career. He looked like he was shot in Ottawa. He looked like maybe the worst player in the league yeah. in Ottawa. And now he's at least just like a fine fourth-line center who's chipped in, I think, four or five goals this year and can play good defense. So it's not the worst trade I've ever seen from Philly. You know, they picked up a fifth. Uh, I think Philly also, they picked up Derek Grant as well um, from Anaheim for a fourth. So really some lower costs. Apparently they were in on Pajot but didn't want to give up the... The cost, and Which that is, is very fair. They say the best, some of the best trades are the ones that never happen, and that would definitely be in that category. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I thought Philly, they're kind of in a spot where it's like you know they want to make the playoffs, but they didn't have the assets to go all or the means to go all in yeah, given the conference. Enough, yeah. But I, I didn't hate Grant and Thompson. I guess you know you upgrade your depth and tell your team, all right, let's at least try and go for it for a round or two here and see what we can do. But yeah, it's not the end of the world. The picks aren't huge, but it's. Yeah, yeah, probably not smart. But if you really want to reward the boys that bad, yeah, then, uh, whatever. Um, the only other one was uh, Nick Ritchie from the uh, Anaheim Ducks to this Boston for Danton Heinen. I don't know how I feel about this at all. I like it for Anaheim. Yeah, like well, for sure. Yeah, I think that's what I mean. Like I Anaheim, I thought was good. I, I think Nick Ritchie has always kind of been overvalued. 
Yep. Um, Classic big Canadian kid. Y- yeah. No, I don't know. Maybe in recent, I, I don't know. I, I, there's no one who I really saw was like, oh, man, they have to get Nick Ritchie. Like, the last person who said that was Don Cherry back in the draft instead of William Elander. Yeah. I'm sure Burke would probably go to bat for him. Yeah, but even yeah, even him, like, I, <laughs> I don't know. Like He seems like the kind of dude that would, but. But, yeah, like, I, I don't know. Like, I thought. You know, like, when you look at their uh, rap from Evolving Hockey over the this year, like, Dan Heinen uh, has been not good, and Nick Ritchie has been solid, so it's probably a fine pickup for... It's one of those where it depends how much you hold on to your priors. Yeah. Because Heinen's been better in the past, but... Yeah, I mean, he had some... Uh, definitely has more potential, but, yeah, you look at the past, Dan Heinen was, like, in the past three years, he's been really good defensively and below average offensively. Nick Ritchie has been slightly above average offensively and slightly below average defensively. So, I don't know, I guess for Boston, you know, you saw Heinen struggling, you saw the other teams gearing up for a playoff run, you want to upgrade your team this year. I'm, I don't know, it's not the worst thing, but it's it's an I, I like it from Anaheim. I think, you know, you're rebuilding, obviously, and just give yourself as many chances at, you know, finding a guy who can help your team going forward as he can. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, all right, got to get going in a couple minutes, so uh, we're going to wrap this thing up. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh I guess do you have a do you have a winner and a loser of the trade deadline? If we're counting the whole thing, I really like Pittsburgh. I like Pittsburgh as well. Most of the sellers you can't like Ottawa. I like. Yeah, Pittsburgh yeah, I think. Joe, yeah, I think. Uh, if we're talking buyers, I think selling's almost too easy to call them winners. Yes, cause just, but I mean, then again, like I think uh, New York's a loser for selling because they didn't sell. Like, I mean, they had the Shea thing, but, like, they should have sold Kreider as well. But. Yeah, you think that it should be just, like, the easiest thing in the world to sell for a team like Ottawa, but then you see the Rangers decide they need to keep Kreider. So, yeah. Man, um, I, uh, I think if we're talking just deadline day, I really like what Vegas did. I Vegas think, getting Laner could be. Yeah, like, I think that's huge. Like, uh, so that would probably be one of my winners. Uh Loser, I think, has to be the Islanders, just how much they gave up. And I, I hate to say that about Pajot. He got in a fight and scored a goal last night, too. He had a big game. But, like, it's just the team's He's just, just not, not that good. Yeah, no, like the team. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. And I like what Carolina did with Trocek as well. The Shea thing's a little more concerning, but uh, the Trocek deal I, I really did enjoy for them. So, yeah, I agree with that. That um, was a nice deal. Yeah. All right, thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be back next week as well. We've been trying to get more weekly uh, podcasts out for you guys, so – Back in probably hopefully seven days or so. The pace uh, picked up recently. Yeah, I said there's there's some more stuff we'll probably be able to talk about, and we can start to get close to looking towards the playoffs, but also just kind of look at uh, you know the aftermath of stuff like that and what long term plans people should do. But so as always, you can find my stuff on Twitter at NHL Sends and stuff. You can find my work at LastWordOnHockey.com. You can find Chase on Twitter at CMHockey66. Uh, check out everything we're doing out there, and have a good one. Thanks for listening. Uh,